This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that demystifies history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the time when a lonesome Christopher Columbus mistook a one-ton sea cow for a shapely mermaid. The day was January 9th, 1493. Italian explorer Christopher Columbus recorded a sighting of three mermaids while sailing near what is now the Dominican Republic. He had set out from Spain six months earlier on his first voyage in search of a western trade route to Asia. Rather than finding one, he infamously stumbled into the Americas instead. By January of the next year, Columbus had lost two of his four ships and was eager to head home. It was one week before setting out for Spain that Columbus spotted something strange off the prow of his ship. In his journal entry for January 9th, he wrote, quote, Yesterday, when I was going to the Rio del Oro, I saw three mermaids that came up very high out of the sea. They were not as beautiful as they are painted, since in some ways they have a face like a man. The mermaids hadn't proved as attractive as Columbus would have liked, but in their defense, they were manatees. Also known as sea cows, manatees are large, slow-moving marine mammals. They have egg-shaped heads, bulbous faces, and whiskers. They swim using two forelimbs, called flippers, and a flat paddle-shaped tail. A fully grown manatee is generally between 9 and 12 feet long and weighs anywhere from 400 to 1300 pounds. They're nicknamed sea cows because they graze on underwater plants and grasses, although they likely evolved from a common ancestor of elephants, not cattle. By now, you're probably wondering how anyone could confuse a giant aquatic cow for a mermaid a legendary half-human, half-fish creature. It's definitely a stretch, but there are some aspects of manatee anatomy that help explain the confusion. For one thing, each of their flippers has five sets of finger-like bones, which give their limbs the general shape of arms and hands. They also have a vertebrae that acts like a neck, enabling manatees to turn their heads from side to side. Lastly, and most crucially, manatees are known to occasionally do tail stands in shallow water. And that's exactly how Columbus described them, rising high out of the water. So with all of that in mind, it's possible to imagine that from a certain distance, at a certain angle, in a certain light, manatees could be mistaken for mermaids, or at least for something vaguely human-shaped. Of course, we should also consider the viewer's state of mind in all of this. Because remember, Columbus had spent many months at sea with his all-male crew. By that point, anything slightly curvy was probably enough to catch his eye, and then his imagination could fill in the missing details. It's true that Columbus was a bit let down by the manatee's physical appearance, but 
he still found them beautiful, just not as beautiful as they had been painted. There are only three species of manatee, West African, Amazonian, and West Indian, also known as the American manatee. Columbus noted that he saw the three mermaids while on his way to Rio del Oro, or as it's known today, the Republic of Haiti. That means his mermaids were most likely West Indian manatees. But the journal entry goes on to say that Columbus had actually seen some of the creatures before while traveling along the coasts of Guinea and Liberia. On that earlier occasion, he most likely saw a dugong, a close cousin of the manatee and the only other member of the Sirenia order of fully aquatic mammals. If the word Sirenia rings a bell, that's because it's derived from the sirens of Greek mythology, the vicious creatures who were said to lure lonely sailors to their death after being mistaken for friendly mermaids. Manatees and dugongs have helped perpetuate the myth of mermaids for centuries, but the sailors of old had been primed to see all kinds of mythical creatures in the water. In the age of exploration, seafaring was driven by fantastical rumors and folklore, and old maps were littered with unknown areas which illustrators had helpfully filled in with mermaids, krakens, and sea dragons. Columbus's expedition added more fuel to that fire. After his return from the Americas, European sideshows began advertising recently discovered mermaids from the New World. And in most cases, they were actually dead manatees or dugongs. Still, the Sirenians have been playing tricks on sailors' eyes for long before Columbus. In the Pacific nation of Palau, ancient stories and wooden carvings depict young women transforming into dugongs and then saving fishermen lost at sea. In fact, the word dugong actually means lady of the sea in the Malay language, and 3,000-year-old drawings of dugongs have been found in Malaysian caves. As for mermaids, they showed up in recorded history around the same time. The first description of the creatures was written in Assyria in about 1000 BC. From there, mermaids swam their way into the cultures of Mesopotamia, Greece, and Rome during antiquity. They then made the leap to European and Arabic cultures during the medieval age, meaning that by the time Columbus made his sighting, mermaids had existed in the collective consciousness for nearly three millennia. In light of that, we can probably cut him some slack for thinking manatees were mermaids, but he's still on the hook for all the other stuff. As for manatees and dugongs, they've become almost as rare as a real mermaid. Both animals are now considered endangered and vulnerable to extinction. They have no natural predators, so most of the decline is due to habitat loss, dwindling seagrass and waterways and lagoons, and boat collisions. These issues are especially pressing in Florida, where more than a thousand West Indian manatees died in 2021 alone, the largest death toll ever recorded for a single year. If humans make a stronger push, we can still stop these gentle giants from becoming myths themselves and help preserve the strangeness and wonder of our planet's oceans in the process. 
If you'd like future generations to have the chance to embarrass themselves by mistaking these animals for mermaids, you should visit SaveTheManatee.org and SaveTheDugong.org to learn how to help. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any mermaid sightings to report, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Feel free to rank the attractiveness of the mermaid on a scale of your own choosing. Just keep in mind that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.